We understand the effort that entrepreneurs must have to start and grow a business. And with being entrepreneurs ourselves, there comes a lot of fun, but also a lot of uncertainty. So starting a practice is exciting and also freakishly scary. Today, we're going to walk through some things that you should be thinking about when looking to start a practice from the ground up. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Tom Seco and CJ Burnett. We're financial advisors, owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the host of the Smarter Vet Podcast. Our mission is to provide education to veterinarians so they can get clarity, take control, feel confident, and experience contentment. For those of you listening for the first time, we have other resources available on our website, such as a complimentary financial race CE webinar series. We have assessments, we have videos, and we have articles. You can find them all by visiting our website at flvetadvisors.com. In the previous episode, we touched on things that you should be considering when purchasing an existing practice. And if you haven't listened to it yet, go ahead and go back to the last two episodes if you want to listen to them, if you're thinking about buying a practice. If not, if you're thinking about just starting your own thing, that's really what we're going to be talking about today. So when starting the conversation, we always like to start the whole thing with a, a story. And the story for today is her name is Mary. And since we've been working with veterinarians for a long time, Mary, uh, she was looking all over for a long time and she wanted to be a practice owner. And what she kept on finding out is that a lot of sellers had very high expectations and they wanted a lot for their practices. So it became a big struggle for her to be able to get into practice ownership. Since there are so many investors out there, Mary just had a hard time keeping up with what the purchase price that a lot of sellers wanted because they're just paying a lot more money than she is. And they're able to give that money to that seller now. So she's constantly just fighting and fighting and trying to get into practice. So getting to the part where she was just basically frustrated and to the part where she felt kind of hopeless, she wanted to know what other type of alternatives or options that she could do to fulfill the desire to own a practice one day. And the biggest question that we can always ask ourselves is, you know, what's the alternative? And for some of you listening now, this might be the first time you thought about it, but the alternative is to start one. That has been a big hot topic. And, uh, you know, if you can't buy one, you start one. So today, what we're going to be talking about is there's a lot of different things to really take into consideration to make sure you're crossing all your T's, dotting all your I's. At the same time, it can get very sticky if you're not careful. So some of the things they consider, and we touched on this during a couple of the other episodes, but for you listening to this episode for the first time, is understanding the dynamic of owning a business. So CJ, like when we're thinking about owning a business, you know, what are the three components that like fit into a business from a, a leadership slash running it from a day to day, the people involved? So we mentioned in our last podcast or two podcasts ago about E-Myth Revisited, the book. There's one specifically written for veterinarians. If you've ever thought about owning a practice, whether you're buying into it or starting it on your own, E-Myth Revisited is a great book to get. It breaks down different parts of an organization. And I think it, for the most part, really especially helped me as an entrepreneur understand what my role was within the organization and what I like to do. And all those things I didn't like to do, I had to figure out how to delegate them to other people. 
So either I, I got a business partner or I hired people. It's one of the, one of the two, right? In order to delegate those things. But I think leadership is also a necessary component, especially when you're starting a business, because if you're starting one from the ground up, you've got to know who you're going to hire. The people that you hire are probably going to look like you. They're probably going to think like you, uh, hopefully, <laughs> uh, you know, and so if you are, you kind of consider yourself to be maybe a weak leader, it, it might be good to start getting into different books, different resources on how to become just a better leader overall within your own organization. So that as you're hiring people, you're hiring the right people and you're hiring people that are going to build a culture that you want. So I think whenever you're starting up, just understanding how organizations work as a whole is mission critical because oh, so you, you're, you're not going to be a veterinarian first anymore. You're going to be a business owner first and a veterinarian second. So important right there. Understanding the dynamics of how a business runs is incredibly important. And so to shift here, there are a few different things that we're going to jump into today that you should be kind of creating a checklist and crossing some of these things off as you're going along the way to make sure that you're prepared to one, if you're exploring the idea of starting a practice, or if you're starting that transition already, uh, the main thing that we always look at the first thing is finances, and it's getting the right terms for you. So, you know, this comes on the side of business, and it's also on your personal. So making this leap is huge. If you don't have enough already, let's say on the personal side of all of this, it can hurt you in a position to where it's like, you might not get a paycheck for quite some time. But then also on the finances, other side of it, there comes into business stuff. Like if you're going to try to rent a location or purchase it, which is where there's certain professionals out there that can play in that, help you with that transition to be able to find that location. Yeah, commercial bankers, commercial real estate agents, they can help you find a place. They can help you, you know, wh what area you're looking in. You may want to purchase a property, but you may not have availability, right? And then you got to rent. It's always a good starting place. And then also to the financing, because there is one part of it when it comes to renting or purchasing, making sure there's money there, but then there's the build out. So the build out really takes into, hey, they got to create the exam rooms and the reception area and design the whole area. So uh, that requires funding within itself. Equipment leases, purchases. That's another thing, like as you're building out these rooms, like you need to put stuff in them. <laughs> so without stuff, you're not in business. And then another thing is we're looking at operational fund for salaries and other different expenses that could pop up. So making sure that most of the time when you go to get financing, they will provide you additional funds to help cover salaries and keep some cash on hand to support you through those first, you know, six to 12 months of your starting your business. I think entity structure also has a, a big thing you want to look at. If you're working with an accountant, then they're, they're going to probably be the ones that you lean on to just understand what the rules are in your state. Should you be starting an LLC or an S corp, or should you be a sole proprietor? Like all, all those kinds of things, like what kind of entity you establish for the business to not only just protect yourself, yourself from lawsuits, but also certain structures can save you a certain amount of money in taxes, those kinds of things. You also want to hire a certified exit planner. They can prepare you for the future and coordinate all of the aspects of the business with your personal financial goals. This will also help you with hiring the next professional that we typically talk about, and that's attorneys. So attorneys do the operation agreements, operating agreements, and other legal documentation, which will depend on what type of entity you have, the structure, do you have multiple owners, Should, do you need a buy-sell agreement in place, does the buy-sell, can it be included in the operating agreement? 
we often find attorneys aren't holistic in their process. Uh, you know, you might be able to find a good one out there, but by and large, you, know, you just really want to be careful on who you're working with and make sure that the attorneys are talking with the CPAs and then are talking with your your uh, CEXP, your your financial advisor, those those people, so that everyone's on the same page as far as what's going on. And then beyond that, you also sometimes your agreements, your legal agreements, might need to be funded. Right? You might have a buy-sell agreement that needs to be funded with life insurance or disability insurance. You want to create the draft and figure out the insurance in conjunction with it. Like we oftentimes get brought in towards the end of that process after the documents have already been signed. And if the document language doesn't correspond with the insurance coverage, then you're going to have a hard time making sure that everything is coordinated together. And we've found it where people introduce us after the legal documents are done. And then one of the three partners actually isn't insurable. So they have an agreement in place telling the people in that agreement that they all have to have life insurance, but now one of them is uninsurable. They just didn't know it. There's so many different reasons why you can be uninsured. It doesn't even have to be medical reasons that you're uninsurable. So it's just always important to make sure that as you're getting documents drafted, that you coordinate with the CPA and with the exit planner, with the financial advisor to make sure all the things are getting done properly. Yeah, the, the exit planner too can be very helpful with coordinating or being like your financial quarterback for all of this. So when is it coordinating with the attorneys and the accountants and all those other components? So it's always good to have someone like that in your back pocket. Um, however, there's a lot of great people. And we're going to talk about some more too of what the individuals that you should be considering more as well as you're going through this process. As in when you're looking to get real estate, so to piggyback earlier, if you're looking to rent or lease and building out, Sourcing a location is super, super important because that could be like the, the breath of your business. So basically saying if people are going to be able to see you, can they just walk in and come to your practice? And you want to find a commercial real estate agent that can help you. And a lot of times they will represent you and you don't have to pay them if they get compensated from the actual landlord and other different components. So you can look around and start talking to them. They can help you negotiate terms. So like depending on the lease, they can get you some money back or help with the build out. At the same time, if you're looking to purchase, they can help negotiate the purchase price. Uh, and then at the same time, you know, as you're looking at all of this, the, the person, that professional can be there to just basically be an intermediary for you. So like, as you find your location and, you know, there's certain things that maybe you don't know, or you're looking at, uh, they can review and be able to say, Hey, yeah, this is what we should probably go for. This is how we should negotiate it. So it's good to have that in the back pocket there. And I mean, your location might reduce your need for advertising expenses. That's right? so true. Because, you know, if you're in a good spot, good location, everyone finds you. People will typically make their decision on which vet they're going to go to based on location. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're, if you've got a good amount of mileage between you and the next person, that's a vet, then it's, that's a good sign. So you also want to have a marketing plan, getting the word out that you're open for business, that you're taking the new patients. People talk about having an online presence and that's definitely very important. It can be important in driving traffic to you. Promotions, you have different promotions that you want to run. So I think there are a lot of marketing firms out there. And if you're just getting started, you may not have a need for one. But over time, you might get to a position where you're thinking, well, I'm making good money from this, but I would like to open up another practice or maybe another location, doing those kinds of things. And maybe having a marketing firm help you would be a good idea. And they can give you a little bit of guidance at the same time to, as you're starting to get off the ground, maybe a little bit of one-on-one -on -one consulting just to say, hey, you should do this. And they can be another resource for you. Because I know we're, you know, CJ and I, we're not great marketing people. We try our best, but at the same time, 
you know, it's always good to get someone else's insights to see what you can do. So we always ping pong and rely on people too. So the other thing is hiring people. So if you don't have a background in hiring people, you might want to find someone that can help you because you're going to have to bring on a truckload of people, technicians, receptionists could be reception, uh, like multiple of them, maybe a practice manager. If you're going to try to find another veterinarian to work with you at the same time, most people will start off by themselves. Uh, but we do have a few different people that are very, let's not say like aggressive, but they're very like, Hey, I'm going to hire another veterinarian as well to work with me. So it's making sure you have the right people there to help you with that. Now we're getting to my favorite part. My favorite part of this discussion is about proformas. So a lot of people don't know what a proforma is. Basically a proforma is where you take the financials of what you think are going to happen. And it could be completely wrong. You're just putting down things on paper. You're creating a financial model to see, okay, if I start a business, what are my expenses going to be over the next 12 months? You do it month to month. So that first year, you can really get an understanding of, okay, where am I going to be at the end of 12 months? Again, it could be completely wrong. Corporate finance, I've got a background in corporate finance as well. It's not an exact science. It's kind of like, hey, this is what we think is going to happen. And even with a couple of the nonprofits and the boards that I've served on in the past, whenever the revenue or the, the money coming in was a lot lower than what they thought, it was like, oh, geez, like now we have to adjust all of our numbers. So you're going to be adjusting it. You kind of plug and play as you go with a pro forma, but getting some clarity around what the next 12 months are going to look like financially is at least going to tell you at the end of this year, what am I expecting to make, right? How much am I going to make money? Am I going to lose money? based on my projections, right? If my first month I have X amount of revenue and then it grows at 10% every month, at the end of the year, like what's that going to look like from, from an income perspective, especially to me, because you're not in business to just own a business. You're in business to build your personal balance sheet, build your personal wealth, and make sure that your lifestyle is enhanced through the business, not just for your employees, but also for your family. And a big challenge that you might have, so like another thing to add into all this is that during the first 12 months, it's going to be it's probably pretty tough because you're going to be spending a lot of time running a business while also working in the business. So if you're the only veterinarian that's in the practice, you're going to find yourself probably pretty stretched thin. And at times like that, you might want to consider a practice manager as well. They might be able to help you, but at the same time, like be very aware of this because during that time period, you want to make sure that everything is being taken care of from a financial standpoint, your business is being promoted properly and that you just don't get caught up in the day-to-day -day of just running the business, like being the veterinarian, doing the work, being the technician. And, you know, one of the last things that we have here, everyone should have this and I'll let CJ share this with you on this one. Another critical component that you should be thinking of is how are you going to exit the business? Like, are you going to sell to another person? Are you going to sell to a corporate or are you going to die owning the practice? I mean, there's really only three ways out of that business. And knowing that there's only three doors to walk through is good because now you can get a plan for any one of those situations. So, you know, a good plan has a plan when nothing goes according to plan, right? So if you, if you have three doors that you know that you can walk through, you want to find the door that you prefer to walk through the most, right? You might be somebody that's like, you know what? I think I would like to have a successor one day. And, it, and obviously, if you're 30 right now, you've got to wait 10, 15, 20 years before you necessarily are, are going to do that because the successor is typically a lot younger than you are. But, you know, are you going to are you going to have a successor? Are you going to sell to a corporation, right? Is that is this something that you're going to build? You're going to have three, four practices, and then you're going to sell to a corporation and be completely done and totally out of it. Because, you know, if you've got three or four locations, 
chances are there's not going to be another that can float the kind of cash that you're going to be asking for in order to sell your practice. So having that plan on exiting your practice, knowing kind of what your first choice is and then what your second choice is, and then that will obviously lead the third choice, which most people just say, I would be dying owning the practice. Most people don't plan to die owning the practice. Uh, some people are actually forced to own the practice till they die because they did, they died unexpectedly, right? So you always want to plan for those contingencies for your, for your family. I mean, if you're building up this business to make it something really big and then something happens to you, right? There are things that you can put in place to allow your family to get the value of the business without necessarily having to sell the business. So just making sure that you have a plan in place for contingencies and for your exit plan. Some of you might be thinking that we're kind of nuts too by even saying that because you're like, I'm not even in business yet, <laughs> but you should have a plan. Like every time you should have a plan for everything you do. So, uh, and to leave off this episode here, we're going to leave you with a few different things of finding the right counsel to help you. And there's a few different ones that you're going to want to write down. The first one is a banker or a lender for financing. Like that person will help you find out just the best terms for you, equipment, rent, lease, operational funds, salaries, all that other fun stuff an accountant that will help prepare your financials. So there's things like profit and loss statements, balance sheets, keep your books really clean and squeaky. A lot of times people, they just kind of let this go to the wayside and don't pay much attention to it. This is so, so important for you to keep on top of because it lets you know if you're making money, it helps you understand if you're making progress. And then at the same time, when you want to sell it at some point, it's going to paint a really good picture of what your business looks like. The next one you'd want to look at is an attorney. So the, the attorney would be to help you set up your business entity. So once you talk with the accountant and everything, and they help you figure out how you want to be like the physical entity, they can help you with filing different things and get your operational agreements and all those other things in place. And then at the same time, when it comes to employee agreements and offers, those are another thing that you want to make sure you have someone there to help you. And the last thing that we talk about is an exit planner. So an exit planner can tends to get really confused of like, Hey, I'm not ready to exit yet. Cause I just started. But an exit planner is there from soup to nuts, from A to Z. They're supposed to help you from as you're birthing the idea of being a practice owner to wanting to get out of business, helps you from everything of implement programs, recruit, reward, and retain employees, making sure you're focusing on the right things in your business to grow it, making sure you're protected, having a way to where you're building up money outside of your business, just even making sure all of the decisions are being connected, all the dots are being connected when it comes to working with all these other professionals. So these are five of the key ones, banker, lender, accountant, attorney, and an exit planner. Like those are some of the main ones that CJ and I have been able to really boil down to what we think would be best when it comes to trying to start a practice. So if you like this podcast, the Smarter Vet podcast, please go to our Facebook page, like it, write us a review. And hey, right now, even if you took a couple seconds to write us a review on the podcast platform that you're listening on, totally down for that. Go ahead and do that right now. If you've got the chance, if you're not driving, if you're not somewhere where you can actually type on your phone and do those kinds of things, please feel free to do so. We'd love to uh, get some feedback. Starting a practice is a big deal. And a lot of times people kind of put the cart ahead of the horse before they really take a close look at what they're doing. And we've created an assessment that's just available for you to help with understanding where there may be some shortfalls in your personal finances and some things you should get in order before you get into this whole step of becoming a practice owner and starting a business. Uh, if you visit our website right now, you'll see right on the front page, it says, test my plan. Take you a few minutes to do it. You can go to flvetadvisors.com, click test my plan as a big red button, and it'll give you some insights on some things you should be focusing on. 
If you're less than 10 years from retiring or selling your practice and you need a second opinion on your plan, please go to our website and fill out the contact form at flvetadvisors.com. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Success, success, success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purposes only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-151153 expires February of 2025.